Today's daf is daf Lamed Dalid in Sota. <clears throat> we'll start from the bottom of Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis, the last few lines which we covered yesterday. Tanya Rabbi Yossi Omer, and there are three places in history where the Konim carried the Aron, uh, the Aron, of course, that had the, uh, the, the Luchos inside in a Sefer Torah. Uh, they carried the Aron HaKodesh. When they passed the Yardin, that's in the days of Yeshua, when they crossed, I shouldn't say, when they crossed in the Yardin to come into Israel. And when they surrounded Yericho. And when they returned the Aron into the base of Migdash and the Kachim that Shlomo had built, because it had been taken away, of course, from the Mishkan, originally Shlomo's Mishkan, and it went into Golis and the Plishtim had it, etc., and it went through a whole long history till David got it, until he built the, till the Shlomo built the base of Migdash. It was kept in several places, and then when they put it back into the Kodesh Kodeshim that Shlomo had built when he built the base of Migdash, the Kohanim also carried it then. And here he tells you, in the first case where they crossed over the Jordan River and the Kohanim were carrying the Aram, it says as soon as the feet of the Kohanim were dipped into the uh, Jordan River, the water, the water split, meaning it went backwards. The water was coming, let's say, downstream, and it split up, and it rose up. When the carriers of the Aron uh, came in, the water stood. As they put their feet in, the water stopped. It stopped flowing. It was coming down from above, from upstream. Like one big heap, and it just started rising up. In other words, instead of continuing to flow, the feet of the Kohanim, as they touched the water, caused the, caused the, uh, the stream of water to stop, to, to, to not go any further, and just to rise up like, like, a, like a brick wall. The Kamagov, and how high did it go? Kamagov, we have the gears to 12 miles by 12, 12 mil. It's not a mile exactly. 12 mil by 12 mil. That's the square area that the whole Machne Israel took, 12 mil by 12 mil, but at the Diver of Yehuda. So um, that's what Yehuda says, but the Mepharshim say that uh, it, they take out the gears to 12 mile by 12, 12 mil by 12 mil and just put in 12 mil. In other words, it rose up that, that was the distance, whether it's the length or the width of the Machne Israel, it rose up that distance. The width of the wall of water was the width of the Jordan River. It's not wide, and that wasn't 12 mil wide. It just stopped flowing from top to bottom, and it rose up 12 mil. Uh, according to you, that it only rose up 12 mil, which was the area that the Israel took up. What's swifter? What's runs, what goes faster, people or water? Water would be faster. So here's what happened. He says, the water stood to the uh, this to the whole uh, the water stood up vertically uh, to the up to the square uh, to, up to twelve miles, which was the square area. Twelve by twelve would be the square area that Ben Israel uh, took up. But when it rose that much, and the Kohanim stood there until Ben Israel passed. But as soon as as soon as Ben Israel passed, as soon as the last one came in, the water all came shooting down. It would drown them. That's the problem. If it was exactly the sp- space that the, that the Ben Israel took up. As soon as it as it went and went up to twelve miles, and presumably it came right back. As soon as it went up to twelve miles, it went up there and then came right back. So that would drown them before the last of Menesrael would be able to cross the river. The water heaped up, stacked up. Olin keep it like I'm keeping. It it um, it continued to rise up uh, like 
uh, uh, more, more and more. The water was heaped up like stacks. In other words, keeping, keeping is like stacks. It rolled up the big heaps of stacks. Yes, more than 300 mil. In other words, it rose up so high that when Bnei Yisrael, who only took up 12 mil, when they crossed, but it, the water continued to rise up. And by the time it reached, when the water rose to 300 mil, by the time it rose all the way up and then came down, Bnei Yisrael all would have passed. And it was, it was so high up, all the people, both in the west and the east, all the kings in the, in the east and the west, were able to see it from a distance because it rose up so high. When all the Machemori had heard Yardem on the other side of the Jordan, Yama, uh, when they heard that um, westward, that means the Machemori who were west of the Jordan, when they saw it, and those that were, um, those that were uh, near, the, uh, near the sea, that would be, I guess, the Mediterranean Sea, um, when all, all those kings which were by the sea, when they heard about this, how, how did they hear about it? Because they saw the water. They saw the stack of water, like a, br- like a brick wall, rise up 300 mil, which was an unbelievable distance. It's almost like in the sky. So they were able to see it from far away. As Hashem had dried up the Jordan River, in other words, dried up the river by making the water, instead of flowing, rise vertically, so that Bnei Israel. Uh, could Acha Avram until in front of Bnei Israel the water rose up. Uh, it's it, like the water split, just like by the Yamsuf it split and rose up. Ad Avram until they all passed. And then the hearts of these Goyim, when they saw what the what Hashem did for Bnei Israel, their hearts melted. They had lost their spirit, Nebin Israel. Back at the beginning of you in Yeshua, uh, when when before they crossed over. Uh, Rachav had said, Amr Lishluche said to the spies that Yeshua had sent, Kishamana, we had heard, Esa Shehovah Shemes Meyamsef. She was talking about the, the Yamsef when they left Mitzrayim, not the crossing of the, of the Ardain, but the crossing of the Yamsef. Uh, we heard, Esa, Hashem had dried up the Yamsef, maybe in Israel, we heard about it, and our hearts melted. Velokama Ode. What did she say? She said, Velokama Ode, um, um, that we, they, we, we lost our spirit. And the spirit, no, nobody had any spirit uh, anymore, no fighting spirit. Because of you, nobody had the spirit to go against you. The puzzle goes on there. In other words, she had said that already the same idea. So when the Goyim had heard about both the crossing of the Yamsef and the crossing of the, of the uh, Yardain, uh, it was well known. They had either... See, in this case of the Arden, they actually saw it because the water rose so high. And in the case of uh, Mitzrayim, everybody heard about what happened. The Mitzrayim all drowned, etc. So they knew about it. And they, you know, they lost their spirit to fight against the Jews. So who would you do that with? The, the, the American officer here? Oh, okay. Okay. Booker Tov, today's daf is daf Lamed Dalid in Sota. Okay, yesterday we got down to the, to the Kochavit, the asterisk, even with the word Tosefta on the right-hand side, a little bit below Tosefta Maskul Tortini. Odom at the yard now. We're talking about, of course, when the Israel came into... When they came into Eretz Yisrael, the story that Yeshua brought him in, 
And uh, everybody had heard about the great Nisim, and, and there was a, actually a second crossing, right? Just like the Kriyas Yamsuf was a miracle, the water split here also. The Yardin, which is a big river at that time, split also. Adam Yardin, while they were still in the Yardin, the way it worked is that the, we saw yesterday that the Kohanim came in first with the Aron, and they stood there, and they, they walked across in, in dry land. The water split, and they waited in the dry land at the end, at the tip on the western side, on the bank of the, on the Israeli side, we call that today, until everybody else crossed over. So <clears throat> there was a machlokas we had yesterday at the top of this page, which we'll see later on today. How high did the water go? Did it go 12 miles up, which is the, which is the, uh, the length and width of all the uh, 12 uh, tribes, their encampment, or did it go even further up? It went up to 300, mile, 300 miles because, if it, according to the sheet that we had before, because if it had only gone that far, as they would have gone out, the water would have come down and hit them because it went up and went down. So if it only went up, they wouldn't have been able to cross over in time for the water to come down and get them again. So it had to go much further up. So it, so to speak, it kept on rising and rising and rising, much bigger than their space because by the time it got to the top, it immediately dropped. So, so while it, uh, so it had to be that it went very, very high up, and, and, and by the time it went up so far, then all the, all the Jews crossed over. So while they were still in the Jordan River, remember what Moshe Rabbeinu said to you. Know what the reason you're coming to Israel is our So it's not for a land with du kiyum. It's not that you should have two countries and two states in that uh, place. <laughs> Your job <coughs> is to conquer, to take away from, to inherit from them, the people who live there, from before you. You're supposed to take them from all the people in the land. You're not supposed to let them stay. If you don't do that, so the water is going to come and take it. At this part, it's mine will come and will drown Osichem. It's a strange word. What do you mean, Osichem? Eschem, it should be my Osichem. Osichem, me and you. It's going to take all of us over. You've got to come and conquer the land. They were still in the in Jordan. Everybody should pick up. He told the, like, the representatives of the 12 tribes, each one of you pick up a big stone. The Mitzvah of Israel, according to the numbers, according to the 12 tribes, according to the numbers of the, the tribes. It says, what's the person? This will be a sign in your midst. When your children will ask you tomorrow, Lamar saying, what is, the, what is the purpose of these uh, stones? Right. This will be a sign for the children that their fathers passed over the Jordan. Now, this was the first set of stones. There are actually two set of stones there. One was he told them, everybody pick up, pick up a, a stone. He told each one of the tribes to pick up a stone. And they planted that stone as a monument actually at the edge of the Jordan River as they were coming in Territus Israel. And that will be a monument, and they come to this spot. If you ever come to the Jordan River, you go bathing, or, or what do they call that? What do they go when they rafting, or whatever they do down there in the Jordan River, they'll see that sign. They'll say, oh, this is where our fair fathers came in Territus Israel. That was the first set of stones that they planted on the bank. Odemiyad, and while they were still in the Jordan River, I'm on Yeshua. In other words, all this is going on while they were in the, while they were passing, it took a while. It was a big river in those days. So as they t- told them, Yeshua was speaking to them, and saying all these things. So he says, And now pick up from the Jordan River, from the place where the, uh, the standing point, where the Kohanim were standing there, another 12 stones, and take them with you, and you put them in, in the, in the um, hotel, that you're going to sleep in that night. 
Every every they're gonna take it with them to each and every hotel that they place that they stopped on the way. Only that day. Rashi tells us here. So uh, a little bit above. These are the stones that they set up in Harevel that we discussed the other day. They set up a monument in Harevel when they did the blessings on Harevel on the. The brachos and Agrizim and Harevo, the brachos and Kolos and Agrizim and Harevo, so they, they set up the the monument there and they and they and they put the they wrote the Torah in the seventy languages and they uh, then they dis, and they brought kabbonos and then they were told to dismantle that mizbeach of, of those stones and they took them with them and they set them up they they again they picked them, they they uh, dismantled them and they were, and they were kovei them in Gilgal where they had the mishkan there. And that's where the that's where they stood. So they only stayed with them that night in the Malone Ashilva Lila. Um Rabbiuda. Rabbiuda said the Fangs. Abachalafta, three rabbis, Abachalafta, Rabbalazar Masim, Khanai Mechanoi, Omdu Alasam, they found, they stood there by those stones. In other words, later on, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later, uh, after the Jews crossed over into the into Eretz Israel, uh, these rabbis stood there. The Shiarum, and they saw the stones, Vishim Kolachzachas, Shkula Karbam saw every one of the stones. Was every one of these stones was uh, was uh, forty saw? Now saw is technically a volume measure, but if a stone is in that big amount, is you know it's very big. It's uh, several meters by several meters. That's a big stone, and um, that's how big the stones were. So, and each one of the each one of the tri- twelve representatives of the twelve tribes picked up one of those stones on his back and carried it. The Gemara, we have a claw, the Tuna the Madli Inish. The amount of uh, the weight, the payload that a person could put on his back, the cosphy that he can put up on his shoulder, tilsid the tunehave, is a third of what he can actually carry. In other words, if somebody else puts the load on your back, you can carry a lot more than you could actually pick up yourself and put on your back. If other people put it on your back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, they could, they set it on your back and, and carry it. You could actually hold a lot more, but to lift up that amount, you can't lift up as much. What you can lift up and put on your back is about a third of what you can actually carry. So now, so what's the point of this? We'll see in a minute. So, Ashkula, so Gibir, the Tuna of Ashkula, Gospel tells us the Tuna happy. Mikan, so from here you see at the Machashif Eshkol, the famous Eshkol that they brought, that the spies brought back from Eretz Israel when they brought back their sad, sorry report about how bad things were in Israel. They brought back these, this gigantic uh, uh, cluster of grapes to show that it's a place of giants and look how big everything is. Shinemar, as it says, by, so you can figure out how, so how heavy was that, how heavy was that Eshkol? So we said, look at it this way. How much can a man carry? We just said that a man, could, that, the, that the, uh, they, they carried a stone, right, a 40 saw, each one picked up by himself. But that's only, we have a rule that, that you can actually carry three times more than you can lift up from the ground. You can carry three times more than that. Um, you know, I think when they do the weights on the Olympics, you know, the guy has to lend down and pick it up. That's, you know, the whole, whole thing. But if somebody were just to set it on his back, it's a lot easier. You can carry more. So he says like this. Now, they'll figure out how, then we'll figure out how big the mission was. So therefore, how much can a person really carry according to this? Let's assume he can lift up 40 saw, so he can carry 120 saw, three times that. He can actually, if somebody else put it on his back. So you can figure out how big the Eshkosh they picked it up on a moat, on a, on a pole. Bishnaim, with two. What do you mean Bishnaim with two? Mimash Bishnaim, bamot, because it says bamot, meaning they carried it in a moat. If they carried it on a, on a stick, 
on a pole, so we know that there's two, right? This is they. They carried on a swing. Any of the Eshem Shantana too. Ma'atam alom Mishnayim. Mishnayimot is telling you that they were, it wasn't just one, it wasn't just two guys carrying one pole and they were carrying it on there, but there were two poles. And there were two poles. It was that's much, not what the pictures show. That's what the pictures show on the, uh, on the side of the uh, van, you know? Yeah, only yeah. saw one. I saw one, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so there's two poles. So they each had two poles. Now you can carry a lot more, right? So now, so, so now we're saying it's like this. So now, if there are two mutos, there were two mutos. That meant there were two poles. See, see, they're only showing they're only showing part of the picture. It's not that they're wrong. Each guy carried a pole, right? But it wasn't just me and you. It wasn't just two guys. Parallel. It was two other guys parallel to them. Now we're talking four guys carrying two poles. And how much can each person carry? We just said 120, 120, whatever the equivalent of the 120 saw approximately. So now we got four guys carrying how much? A total of how much? 240. No, 480. 480. Each guy can carry. Each guy can carry 120. Now we got four guys schlepping. That's 480. Okay, but we're not done. That would be. That would be. I would leave it right there. Amr Yitzchak Yitzchak says, "Tortini v'tortini v'torti." Yitzchak had this problem. We got 12 spies, right? Well, we know two of them weren't really spies, right? So we got 10 guys left, right? So. What were the other guys carrying? I don't know, who carried what? You got, you got jobs now for four guys, right? Mm-hmm. Four guys were carrying the grapes, uh, the, the cluster. And so he says, okay. he says, Tortini, it was, Tortini means like it's a, a, a payload or, or a, uh, what they were schlepping, right? The, 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 what they were carrying was, there was Tortini and Tortini, and there was another group b- besides them. Masui, there was Masui, and there was another Masui below that. Okay, it said, Shmona Nasu Eshkel Echad, Eight guys had to carry one eshkol. So I just told you it's four, right? The answer is that then there were two more. There were two more poles carried by four more people, and they carry their poles were under the other guys. So had one gigantic eshkol, right? Why did if it would have been lighter, then it could have been on two on one pole, right? Each guy could carry 120, 240. But it was so heavy that it was since it was 480, you needed more. But it was there wasn't enough. It wasn't 480. It was actually 960. Why? Because we had, this way, because they, they had to make work, you know, they had to give jobs to eight guys. But it was really, the, the cluster was 960, let's say, kilo, right? So the only way to carry that would be for four guys, uh, for, uh, for eight people to carry four poles. So, so in there, he's got a picture, he's got a good picture of it there in a diagonal. Rashi explains it that way. That, that there are two guys, one guy's carrying a pole and there's another guy parallel to him, right? Two guys have a pole, two guys parallel to them. Then two other guys are at their sides carrying at a diagonal, <clears throat> one, a pole going like this and a pole going like this. So you got one, two, and then another one underneath, <laughs> and another one this way. Yeah, See, another one this way, another one this way. If anybody asks you, what is Shriven bringing in the bath for? It's to show <laughs> the, the different poles that we have over here. <laughs> All right, anyway, so that's what's going on over here. That's what happened over here. So, okay, it's a Shimon So now, why did he have eight? Now, where did he get that from? Where did he get that from? We understand that, uh, that um, the, the rabbi saw the stones. The stone we have from the rabbi saw the stones at the monument in Gilgal, right? So they saw the stones. Each one's 40, which really, and they had to pick them up. So if they could carry them by themselves, if, they could, if somebody would put them on their back, they could really carry the 120. And we had eight guys schlepping... The, the grapes, how do you know eight guys? Something else, we'll figure that out in a minute, but you need eight guys. So therefore, you have eight times 120, which is 960, and that's how they set it up with the, with the poles. That's how it worked. Point to the picture here in, uh, yeah. Yeah, he has yeah. a different picture. But 
Here's the picture. They said it was on the sides. And the weight distribution doesn't, doesn't, ma doesn't, doesn't match. match. Yeah. I don't know. Like 120 yeah. is equal. Yeah. They're yeah. all sharing the same weight. So. Yeah. I, I don't see. How does he do it? Uh, can you lift it up? Big, yeah. yeah. You can't see it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, it's. See the heavier part of the. Yeah. No, I understand. No. Right. Uh, Each man is not. Getting right. 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 Not the same and, and we'll just say we'll just say that the picture's not drawn to scale or something like that. He wants to make it look like a nice cluster of grapes. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's Whatever. Stronger guys in the back and people like me in the front. <laughs> right. That's all. Yeah. yeah that's right. Okay, so how did he get eight? How did we get eight? There were twelve spies. So he says, "Okay, it's Shmona Nasa Eshkol Echad. Shmona Nasa Eshkol." Uh, eight guys carried the Eshkel. Echad Nasa Rimon. One carried a Rimon. They also brought a Rimon. A Pamir Echad Nasa Teina. And he figured, like Rashi says, that for a Rimon or for Teina, one guy was enough. Yeah, they can as big as it was, one guy can manage. So that's ten. And Yeshua Kelvod They didn't carry anything. He bought. Why didn't Yeshua Kelvod get? He bought some They were the most chashiv of the bunch. So the chashiv guys, you know. They just signed the checks. You know, they don't have to do the schlepping. They, they wanted to show they weren't part of that. So they didn't want to take part. This was basically a, um, they were trying to be Motsi Shemer, as we'll see. The whole thing was that they were trying to, oh, here's evidence of how bad it was. Yeshua and Kalev wanted no part of that. As we know, they were the tzaddikim. They didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to have any part of that. So they weren't our saints. That's why I didn't care anything. Rami Bitsuknafka, now we go back to the machlokas we had before about how high did the water go. Charomer, one says, according to words of Yehuda, that the water went up 12 miles. So they went, uh, they went, they passed according to their encampment. So they went up that way. It went up that way. According to Yehuda says, Yehuda said that it was 12 miles, right? So they went out according to their encampment. Who says, no, it had to be much higher, right? That they went, they went, they um, went, um, the reason that, that it went 300 miles is because they didn't go like an encampment, like because they didn't go as a whole group. They went single file, so to speak. I'm not sure if it really means single file, but the point that it wasn't. They didn't go as the encampment. As they went one after another, doesn't necessarily mean they're only single file. They might have had many single files there. But the point is, is that since they didn't go as a whole encampment as a group together across, therefore uh, the, the water had to go much higher. They needed more time to cross over. Omar Sover. Uh, that, that's one and the other one said we have this machlokas between Ravami uh, and Ravitzuk Nafcha. The other one says everybody agrees that they went according to their encampment. One said that it's not a problem because by the time the water would come back down, they could have raced across because a person runs faster than the water can can fly down. In other words, once it went up 12 miles for the water to start coming back down. The shallows could have, could the people pass before the water would hit them or not? It's a physical question here. So now back to the uh, spies because uh, you see here we got onto the spies. Why? Because we were talking about Yeshua coming into Eretz Yisrael and we talked about the weights. How much? How much do the stones weigh? And so, so now we got onto the spies. You see, one topic goes on to the next because we mentioned. Therefore, it shows you how big the Eshkol was, how much they carried. Um, um, so it's like shlach lecha Hashem said send what happened Hashem told Moshe shlach lecha send for you I am not asking you to do it for you Amar shlakesh shlach lecha midatra if you want to do it you could send the spies why v'chiyotavos ze borer chelik rala atzmo would a person want to do something bad for himself Rashi's gears are slightly different take a look at different maschal of Rashi klum yesh adam you didn't say it like v'chi adam ze and that's Klomer, Imakash Barkut Siva, Klum Hayomrilo, Lasus Davish Safulo Bali de Kala. 
would Hashem have commanded him something which was going to turn out badly? Hashem wouldn't want to do that. So, uh, so obviously, Hashem says, okay, you want to say, you know, they, they wanted to, the, the Jews wanted to see what the country was like. They wanted to spy out the country. He says, okay, send for you. I'm not, it's not, I don't, I'm not, it's, don't, I'm not giving it my blessing. That's why when Moshe recounted everything in Dvarm, he says, oh, I thought it was a good idea, right? Meaning, I thought it was a good idea. Bernashlam didn't agree. And they searched out the land. They only had in mind from the beginning to discredit, to shame the uh, Eretz Yisrael. No, that was their original intention. They, didn't, they, were, they did not go in objectively, as we'd say today. How do we know? It says here, by and they searched the the Levana, the moon, will be embarrassed. Will be uh, you know whatever confounded as they say and the sun will be shamed. So that you see the lashon of chafra is lashon of shaming, and therefore vayachbur could also mean to dig, but it could also mean to shame. So here it means that vayachbur right away they went out to shame Eretz Yisrael. Rashi says over here. Here's talking about the. It sounds like we're talking about the Maraglim, but Rashi says if you look at the uh, combining with the Bach, uh, he says osin shishalu, <coughs> the ones who asked tchila. Shloch Margam, the ones who asked listen, let's send, you're uh, <coughs> taking us to the promised land, why don't we get a little, uh, you know, why don't we see what it looks like there, can you send some pictures back first, you know? So those who wanted to, they had no intention, they really didn't want to find anything good. In other words, like you find many times, a commission, they have their minds made up before, you know, the objective commission, but they, they could have written the report before they even started looking into it. That's an Elish Mosem, these are the names <coughs> of these representatives of the 12 tribes. Lamata Reuben, Shemua, Ben Zachor. And it goes on to list who they all were, right? That's what it says. The, these are the people that Moshe sent Latouras arts. Omer Yitzchak. Dovers are Masaros Biyadene. We have a Kabbalah. We have a Kabbalah from our fathers. Maragalim al Shema Sein Nikru. Their names were indicative of their actions, the way they, of what, what they were going to do. Vanilu also, but we don't really know how to look at each name of the, tw- of the, really the ten, let's call it, of the ten bad ones, and, uh, and explain how do you see that name, but I got one. At least I got one of them. One of them is Sasur ben Michael, right? Which tribe was that, Michael? You know that one? I don't remember. Sasur ben Michael. Sasur, Shes- Asher? Asher? Good, good. Okay, that's fine. Good enough. Good enough. It's also accepted, you know. Sasur ben Michael, Sasur shesasar masav shalosh baruchu. He contradicted what Hashem wanted to do. Hashem told him to do one thing. Hikchish va'asa kash baruchu. He made like Hashem into a liar, like he said, like chasvachli. That's what he wanted to do. Contradicting. Michael, he's a sasur ben Michael. Shasa atzma mach. He made the rabbanishlam like weak, as if he said. Later on, we'll see that he said he was when even even the balabayas can't take out the things from his own house. And I was going to say that God can't even protect his own country. So that's what he said. That's like the idea of Sasur, Yisosra Hashem, Michal, he makes Hashem weak. No, I got another one. I can, I can pitch him with another one. You said the other nine, you can't figure them out. I got another one. Nachbi ben Vofsi. Nachbi shehichbi devav shagosh He hid Hashem's words. He didn't say what Hashem really said. He didn't say Hashem said one thing, he said something else. Uposa, that's Lashon of Ben Vafsi, 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 Shepisa Midosav Shkosh Baruchu. He skipped over the attributes of Hashem. In other words, he didn't say it like it really is. He didn't say what Hashem really was or what Hashem really wanted. He didn't do that. He didn't do it. So they were liars, basically. 
they went up to the southern part of Eretz Yisrael. They came to Hebron. Now, what is it? it says, What should it say? It's they came, right? We're talking about a group of ten people. It says, And he came. It should say, They came. What is Hebron? He set He separated from them. They were all in one place. They went out for lunch, and he said, and he went to Mars Machpelah and he prostrated himself on Kivriyavos Armel and he said, Avosai, right? Bikshu Alai Rachmim Shenatzal Meatzas Regalim. You know, there's a whole shaila among, there are people who never visit a cemetery except for a funeral. They don't go, there's people who don't go, they don't even go for their parents. They believe, it's, they believe you know, the Shita is, it's mostly more litfish. They don't go to cemeteries. You know, it's not a thing every time. Ascara, eh, people, you know, they don't grave hop or even go to their own families. And then there are people who are more Kabbalistic or whatever you want to call that, more Hasidish, whatever, who go all the time. And whenever they can go, they visit a cemetery, they go here. So one of the problems is, with the, with the second idea, is that what do you do when you go to the cemetery? When somebody goes to a cemetery, what do they do? What they're supposed to do, I mean, basically the idea is you're supposed to go, let's say, on the yard site, when the Shema comes down, and you pray for the Aliyah of we say, the Shema should have an Aliyah. What do you mean? That the Shema up in heaven should have an Aliyah. We pray for the Shema. That's usually what, what, that's what you're supposed to do. That's, the, that's agreed upon. But the problem is, is that uh, what we call the, one of the Israel of the Torah is Doresh Alameisim, speaking to the dead. What people really do is they go there and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like they say, you know, go there and, be, and, and pray for, for pray them, you know, you need somebody needs Yeshua, they need this, they need that. They're actually praying to the tzaddik or to, uh, you know, you go up there to, uh, I was in Sfas a couple of weeks and we were on, they're going there to mispal to the Raja for all their, all their problems or Maris or whatever it is. So, <laughs> it's a difficult problem. Many rabbis say this is a mamish and, you know, iser. You know, you can't do that. Yeah, but, yeah, no. Then if you go there, you'll get a school. I understand. The, 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 he said, you know, if you come up to my kever on Friday afternoon, you'll, 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 you'll say, you're rocking there are kever only, but the brothers, what are you supposed to do? What is supposed to be your thoughts? Are you, are you speaking to the dead, right, which the Chorah is against the Torah? Or are you being mispalled for the dead, or whatever? You just—it's a holy place, you know. What, what it's what's what is supposed. So this is a debate among the rabbis, right? And there's always a machlokas about that. But one of the sources for actually going there and going to a kever and saying, you know, please, uh, you know, Papa or grandfather or or thing is is this is this gemara right here? <coughs> he went and he tried to speak to them. They were dead. He spoke to them. You know, like you say, whatever, the Nisham is wherever it is, right? So, uh, you know, like uh, somebody said yesterday, I, I, you know, uh, who was it? So somebody said, yeah, I forget what was the name for I don't care where you bury me. It doesn't make any difference. I'm dead. What do I care? What does it mean where I'm buried in this country, that country, this place, or that place, you know? But obviously, he went, Kalev went there to the Avos, right? My father's. Please, you should. Beg. That's what they're using. They're using. They're using the dead as a conduit to God to say, Please, ask, beg mercy for me, that I shouldn't fall into the trap of the Ragma. I got these ten guys over here. They're about to kill me. You know, I got 
Don't we always say at every funeral we say you should be a male that's young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there. So, what's the answer for? I'm, I'm giving. Let's say, I, uh, broadly speaking, broadly speaking, the litfisher versus the Hasidish away. They're the same at the at the kever. You know, people they, they go over and beg, beg mechila and, and that's when they're you know the neshama hasn't yet settled in, so to speak. You know, it's still uh, you know hanging around there, right? They're not there. But I'm talking about years later. Years later, what's proper, what's improper. So clearly, you know, there's differences of opinion and people follow different ideas. So, Big Shalom, Yoshua, why, now why did Kalev go? You know, Yeshua was also at Sadiq. Why didn't Yoshua also go there? He also, uh, they were his ancestors to Yeshua, Kfar Bikish Moshe, Lav Rachem. He had already been saved, so to speak. He had already been saved, Mas Rachem, Shinem, Vayikra, Moshe, Lo, Sheh, Ben Nun, Yoshua. Why did Moshe call Yoshua, Ben Nun, Yoshua? This is crazy. The, 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 the Yud was that call the Yud for Hashem, Yoshiachamatsuram should save you from the advice, from the from the plan of the Muragam. In other words, he already had a blessing that he was going to be saved. Right, he, he wasn't going to fall into that. Yeah, right, 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 right. That what? That that he called him. Yeah. All things. It says it says right in that same thing. So he when he went out, he already had the bracha, but Kali didn't get that bracha. So Kali went for a bracha. To, like, he says he saw he saw himself faltering, whatever, so he wanted to get that bracha. Okay. Behind the sieve, Vavdi Kolev now makes sense. Vavdi Kolev, right? Ekev Hayeruach Acherosimo. Why do Kolev call, had a different spirit in him? What spirit? Because he had the spirit that he was saved from by the by the uh, Avos. Visham. Now it says over there when they came to Chevron. It says and we're going to discuss that pasuk. That pasuk says, and what was in Chevron? Visham Achim and Sheishai Vitalme. They had these three uh, giants there. Right? Why was he called Achimah Miyuman Shabbat? He was like the Ach Hamiyuman, the most, the rightmost, right, right, the right hand always uh, symbolizes strength. So he was like the strongest of the of these three giant brothers. Sheshe Shemesim is Oris Kishchosos because he uh, he makes the uh, land like um, like pits. He's so big and powerful that when he steps down on something, the land just crushes right down. Rashi says, what does Sheshe have to do with, do with Shavos? Because he says it's like, uh, like Avnei Sheshe or Amudei Sheshe, like, uh, like, like uh, uh, marble pillars, like his feet were like, you know, like rock. And when he stepped on it, it just it made a pit in the ground. Shavos says, Talmai, what is it called Talmai? Shemesim Esa'aretz Tlamim Tlamim. He makes the... Um, he makes the earth like furrows again because you know with his strength he lifts up the earth and he makes it deep in there. Is Ptolemy is that same as Ptolemy with a P? The P is that P Ptolemy Ptolemy the Greek P P T O L E right? Yeah, we got the same name from there, right? Right. I don't know. Dover Acher. Some take out the Dover Acher. Some take the Acher, and he just says that that it's you could say with the Dover Acher. What is Achimen? Because Achimen Bona Anat. People understand. Some say it's not necessarily a Dover Acher. They were called that because of the things we just said. And but also Achimen Bona Anat. He bought that city. Sheishai Bona Alash and Talme Bona Talbush. Yilid Anak. Why was he called Yilid They were the children of the giant, Shamanikin Chama B'Komosam. It looked like um, um, they were wearing a necklace. Looks like the sun was their necklace. In other words, they were so, such giants that they stood up like in the sky that when the sun, when the sun like, you know, came down upon them, it looked like they were wearing the sun as a necklace, like as if they had a hole in the neck and the sun came through. That's how high they were. Looks like their heads were in the sky. All right. V'chevron Shevashan Nivasa um, uh, and Shevron was built seven years, right? So the question over here is, 
What does Nivus Sam what does it mean Nem Nivsa? What do you mean it was built? Eli made the Sam Mamish, Lifnate Sam Sam before Mitzrayim. It says Bakem Shavon Nivisa. It means it was built before Mitzrayim. Why would that be? Why would if Adam Bona bias Livno Koton Kodim Livno Gadal would a person build a house for his younger son before his older son? The order is, you know, you always marry off the older son and build a house in that order for the older son, then the next son to Siv. It says Ubinecham, who were the children of Chum, right? Shame Bakham Biafes, who were the children of Chum from Noah? Kush Umitzrayim, Uput and Vaknan. That was the uh, right Kush Umitzrayim put Vaknan. So you see over here, as we discussed the other day, that the, the Hamsons, one was Kush, went down to, he became the part of like a black Africa. Umitzrayim took North Africa. And, um, uh, and then Canaan put, and, he, and Canaan took over Canaan. So Canaan, his capital was in Hebron. So why would he have built, uh, it says Lefne Mitzrayim, why would he have built a, um, a city? For his son uh, Canaan, before for his son Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim was the second son. So why would he build a son? Uh, why would he build a city for his son uh, Hev- uh, for his son Canaan? He built that city called Hebron for his son Canaan, the capital of Canaan. Let's say at that time, before he built a city for Mitzrayim. So that can't mean it was literally built before. El Mavuna Al Echad Mishiva It was seven times more fertile than so on. Which was a fertile place in Mitzrayim, as you see. There is no more stony place in all of Israel than Hebron. It's all rock, right? 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 What's, what's that? We know that. We know that. That seems right. A lot of rocks down there. Right? Why is it? Yosem Hebron. And as it says, the Kavar Boshiv, that's where they buried the dead. And it's, it, was, it was a good place for a cemetery because it wasn't land that uh, could be easily cultivated. And there was no f- more fertile land that in all the world than Eretz Yisraim. Like the Garden of God, Eretz Yisraim, because it was fertilized by the Nile. So it was the most, it was, it was the most, uh, uh, you know, most abundant uh, uh, land in the world. And in all of Mitzrayim, the most fertile place, the most, the best place is Tzoan. The officers, you know, they vacationed over there because that was a very fertile place with plenty of food there. And even so, even though Mitzrayim was the, the Tzoan in Mitzrayim was most like the most fertile place in all of the world, so to speak, because Mitzrayim was the most fertile land and Tzoan was the best in Mitzrayim. Still, the uh, uh, and still we say and even so Hebron which was stony by our comparison was still seven times more fertile than the most fertile land in Mitzrayim at least it was at that time so, so that's, that's, that's what he means here uh, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean before literally chronologically it means it was built uh, seven times more fertile is Hebron really a stony place? It says, At the end of the 40s, Shalom said to the king, to King David, he said, Elchanan, I want to go and fulfill my, my pledge, my carbon that I promised to bring, and I'm going to go to Hebron, that's where I'll get the carbon. He went to bring lambs for a carbon from Hebron. Betanya Elamimov, and is where the best places, you know, they have the Egyptian horses, they have the rams from Moab, uh, that's across the Jordan, and Kvasume Hebron, and the, the best lambs come from the city of Hebron. So, how can you see that it's a stony place if they have the best uh, lambs over there? And I said, you know, that's exactly the reason why. I did the Klisha because the land is not very fertile in terms of cultivating. Uh, so, of the Rea, therefore, they, they turn it into pasture grazing land. 
and their cattle become fattened. In other words, that so we're saying here that Hebron, even though it was stony by our by our estimation, and it was the least fertile of all the lands in Eretz Yisrael, and they used that just for great for grazing and pasture. Still, it was more fertile than Mitzrayim, even than some Mitzrayim. Now they when they when the uh, uh, when the spies came back from from um, spying the land from checking it out, it says. Um, Rashi take, takes out because it says makes sense it says it says they come back to land so it says it should say why does it say they went and they and they went and they came to Moshe it's like redundant to say is extra says it's extra to say just say they came back and they came to Moshe it shows you that when they went out when they first went out on the land. Right? It's the same as when they came back. Ma be a or just when they returned home, they came back with a bad advice. Afalich also When they went out originally, that's, that from that's right. We said that before from Vayachpuru, right? Vayachpuru, that right? Vayachpuru, that, that that was that, that, that their intention was that. So Rashi says, pardon? Vayachpuru, Vayachpuru on Asaris, right? Right. Very good. Vayachpuru on Asaris. Very good, because that's that's there. It was speaking about the people who asked for the when they asked, please go check it out. The check it out for us, right? And here it's when they came back. That's exactly they came. So it shows you that the that the spies who went out went out with the same intention as the people who requested the spying. The Achbru, please let them you know check it out and find something bad. When they came back, when the spies originally went out with the same bad idea, by uh, and they told Moshe's followers, we came there. It's a strong, you know, they told him about some goods, but, but the people are very, very strong there. But he started off by telling them, you know, well, we came to the land, it's very nice and all that. What does he see over here? In other words, if you want to have a good lie, you've got to start off with a little bit of truth, too. Otherwise, you're going to tell it right away, or you're just a whole liar. But if you start off with the truth, right, and you say a few good truth things, they say, oh, yeah, he's acceptable, you know, he passes the polygraph. On the first few questions, and they then they turn off the machine, and then he starts lying. That's how you do it. He says that's what happened over too. They wanted to be so they said a few good things about it, and then they turned bad. So the people were all agitated at this point when they heard bad things. So Kale he said, "I'm going to uh, I'll quiet him down." They asked him Moshe, to, you know, to Moshe because they all had, they were, there was like an uprising then. So they said, "How did he do it?" Um, uh, so, so he said that um, uh, you know he, he wanted to he wanted to quiet him down by telling him by how, how to quiet him down because he wanted to, they, they were upset with Moshe and so he started to say something bad as we'll see in a minute he started to say something bad so they thought he was going to say something bad about Moshe like he's saying about Moshe he start, hey you know what Moshe's uh, you know what you know what else he's done so he says oh yeah let's see what you have to say so he just goes on Amar Rabba she sees him why he 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 quieted down with words. Gemara is going to say, you know, that uh, he said the apostle. He saw that Yeshua started to come destroy. I'm going to say, Dain Rosh Ketia Yimalo. This guy who's uh, Rosh Ketia, who's this, this, uh, who's like a cut off. He's like a head who's cut off. Why? Because he had no children. Monsan Yeshua had no children. He's going to be speaking over here. So Amri Mishdina, Amri Milsa. If I talk the same way, I'll say something. Milsa, they'll start. If I start to talk, the Chasmuli, they'll they'll muzzle me. 
So Amalehan, so he started to tell them, So he started to tell them, what? You think this is all that Moshe's done to us? So they said, yeah, yeah, let him speak. Like he's going to say something bad. And then, that he's talking about bad. So he quiet, and that's how he, he, uh, he, he, he so he, 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 they were quiet because they wanted to hear, yeah, tell us more bad about Moshe. And then Amr, and then he started to tell them, no, what do you mean? He did this, he did all the following goods, and we'll pick this up tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem, how he, he did this and he did this. So he convinced them, Kalev saw that Yeshua didn't, uh, didn't uh, make such a good speech. It didn't, he, didn't, he didn't follow a good path, so he figured out a better way to quiet them. Now he quieted them down. He, he made it as if he's going to speak bad about Moshe, and then he told them, what do you mean? Look at the good that he's done, etc., etc. We'll pick it up tomorrow at the regular time, 5.30.